Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by boaterslist.com. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at BoatersList.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, FishBites.com. What's going on, guys? Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. And hey, it seems like this time of year I open every show talking about how crazy the weather is. And uh, But man, it just continues. It's been crazy. I mean, I, I know y'all ain't going to believe this, but James Spann dropped the ball a little bit on his weather forecast. He said, coast is clear when the tornadoes come through this week. Go to bed, 1230 at night. Coast is clear, guys. Everybody in the viewing area can go to bed. So 10 minutes after I get to sleep, the phones go off. Phone starts ringing. Brian, there's a tornado coming right towards your house. James Spann's like got my house almost pulled up. He could have on the, on the thing. I run out the front yard and, and I live up on a hill so I can see 20, 30 miles off my porch. And I, I sat there and watched the tornado at night through the lights just you just go across about a half a mile from us, but thankfully we did not get any damage and thoughts and prayers goes out to any of you guys that did, but I, Hey, I'm excited about today's report because I love, I love this time of year and I love the changes in the weather, the changes in the water, the rain to see how that affects the fish, uh, because it's not a dull moment, right? It's always changing and we got to be able to adapt and change. And these pros that we have that come on here, man, we can learn so much from them and how they handle these different situations. And so I'm fired up about segment number one today. We're going down to Ufala West Point report with Captain Steve Graziano, better known as Graz. Graz, what's going on, my friend? And I tell you, I'm down here right now in the middle of a, a big bass tour. And there's boats everywhere down here. I'm I'm just down here fishing around, and just like you say, the weather changes. I mean, the wind is finally laid. Finally, the last few days it's been brutal. Now, but, talk uh, to me about this big bass deal they got at Ufala right now. Is it just Ufala? Yeah, right now they got a three day. Today's the first day of it. You can still enter it. Of course, they won't let guides in, so that they they won't let me in. But anyway, uh, you can still get in it for tomorrow and and Sunday. 
And uh, it's an hourly thing from what I understand. And you wait, they give you a report as to what's been weighed in for each hour. And then I think they give away a, a boat at the end for the largest bass. So it's all about the one big bass. So it's, it's pretty, I mean, from what I read on Facebook, they had like 700 entries. Good gracious. So that's awesome. The mayor's in it. Jack Tibbs is fishing. I saw him earlier. So he's in it, but they're all over the place. But it's, I think it's a good uh, deal because a lot of the people that have fished it are fishing it again. And there, and there's some strategy, you know, cause if you catch a big fish, you don't have to weigh it in right when you catch it, you can keep it and then weigh it in at a later time. So it's. Cause you can kind of look at, so when you're fishing, let's say I catch a six pounder and I go, <clears throat> do I have the ability to look at the leaderboard for that hour? Yeah. As far as I know, now I'm not a hundred percent sure, but from what I've been told by my friends that fish the thing that you can see. I don't think the public can, but the, the, the fishermen that entries can see w- what's leading for that hour. Okay. And they have an hourly uh, prize, cash prize. And then at the very end on Sunday, whoever caught the biggest bass gets a, I think it's a nitro rig, nice rig from what I understand. So. Man, that's so, that's so cool. And, and, and you know what I, what I love about these type of tournaments, and I know we've got one coming up here in the next uh, sometime in April, I can't remember the exact day. It's in the next couple of weeks. Oh, uh, we got one on Martin. We've got another one up on uh, <clears throat> Neela Henry, I believe. They're they're doing those million dollar big bass deals, and it's like mm-hmm. you're talking about. It's a, the Alabama Bass Trail has has got one on Neely Henry, I think. The yeah. ABT 100 is coming up, I think. I think so, but it's it. all it's all about that uh, one fish. No, no, there's there's <clears throat> on the, the best five, I think. Yeah. Okay, it's a but, different but, one that but, they but, got. But, Right. The big bass tour is going around now to different lakes. I don't know what their next deal is, but i tell you what's going on down here in Eufaula right now. The last three days, the shad are spawning. So if anybody uh, likes to fish shallow, the shad have finally moved up shallow, the majority of them, for the shad spawn. So uh, what's been happening last month is the shad, not all the shad have moved up, and, and now they have because they're spawning. I mean, I come out of the uh, Lake Point this morning and birds were lined up on the bank. So it, it's fixing the shallow city, you know, swim jigs, square bills, you know, swimming worms, stuff like that. Chatter Bay, the shallow water folks, you know, and the thing about it is when you get the shad spawn going, not every place where they're spawning, the bass, it takes them a, a little few days to, to find out where they're at. What, what I've seen over the years. So not every time that you pull into like a pack of birds that you're going to get bit, but you don't have to sit there and, you know, if they ain't there, you can go to the next one because there's a whole bunch of, the birds will tell you the, the story right now, the white birds and the, the cranes and stuff like that. Well, Aaron. you just answered my part of my question for sure right there. And, and that's what, you know, we, we all, you know, you hear people talking about the shad spawn and getting excited about it because you know the fish are going to move up. And and uh, <clears throat> but is that your main way that you identify when the shad spawn is happening? It's because of the birds. Well, everybody wants to look at the bank. Not all the shad spawn on the bank or in the grass. We've got 
right now we got what we call alligator grass, a viney type deal. And, uh, you know, we've got a few other grasses now, but we used to have a whole lot more, but that's beside the point. But uh, not all the shad spawn in the grass. Uh, they'll, they'll spawn in hard spots, maybe even off the river, like shell beds. They'll get on shell beds early in the morning. Uh-huh. and spawn but uh, probably the majority of them will be close to, you know to the bank and not out but you know it's just it, it, you got to keep up with them i mean because they'll they'll move on you from one place to another but a lot of times they they'll spawn in the same basic places that they did the year before so that part can be predictable predictable but, a little uh, bit so when when you when you have a shad spawn going on and there's lots of bait, obviously, in, in that area that you're fishing, and, and the bass follow the bait, right? So we, we know the bass are coming up in the most, and, and following the bait, and they're shallow. But with all those shad up there in, 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 you know, in a confined space, a confined area, there's a whole lot of food for the bass, and there's a whole lot of options for what they're going, you know, for, for which shad they want to eat. Do you still try to match? I um, mean, you're fishing shad color. You're trying to mimic the shad since you know that's what they're on. Or do you try to do something to differentiate your bait from the millions or hundreds of thousands of shad that are up there spawning? Well, that's a good question. I'm not going to say that you can't throw something that doesn't look like a, a shad, you know, and not catch a fish. But the majority of the time, you need to probably match what, what they're eating at this point. Uh, thing about it is you got so much natural food that you got to really be on your toes as to what they might want. I, I think you, you don't come down here or, or any lake with a preconceived idea that they're just going to hit this one bait that you're throwing, unless you've had good history with it, you know, recently. But uh, I like to experiment with a few baits. I mean, the swim jig certainly is hard to beat. Uh, a chatter bait, you know, a white chatter bait can be good. Uh, a lipless crankbait can still be good. You know, a swimming worm, like say an ultra vibe uh, swimming worm and uh-huh. swimming it, get the grass. Uh, there's a bunch of different things that you can try. Square bill certainly is in play. And then, you know, once the shad spawn, they usually move out. You know, it usually happens in the morning. So then you just kind of back off, get in that 10 foot you know, area 10, 12, maybe even 15, depending on, and these bass will back off with them too. And so every, every day's different. You just have to figure out what's going on. We just had the rain came through and it's kind of stained up the water again, but that's good. Uh, a little stain's good. You just don't want mud. Right. Mud. Yeah. Like right now, right now I'm sitting out here and I'm seeing shad jumping up on a shell bed. You know, I'm just sitting here talking to you and i see shad jumping up on a shell bed right now so but i don't know that they're spawning right this minute but they're shads there you know what i'm saying right yeah uh, usually the shad spawns in the morning so well how long will the shad spawn last 70 degree i think once you get up in 69 to 70 degree i'm looking at 70 degree water and that's usually when they uh spawn you know, the water has to get up to 70s. Uh-huh. You know, just the water gets 60s, you know, they say, well, the bass are spawning and that kind of thing. But the shad don't don't spawn at 60. They, uh, 70, I think, is the magic number for 
for a shad. But, you know, I mean, I've been catching some good ones, you know, up on these shell beds, to be honest with you. But now that I see that they're in the grass, I'm fixing to, to get, you know, down and dirty and, and start throwing a swim jig and stuff like that. So good stuff, man. Hey, that's a, it's a fun time of the year, right? I mean, it's a, it's a fun time of the year to be out there. And, and like you said, it's, uh, things are constantly changing, especially with the weather we've had. It seems like, you know, every year we have weather, but man, it seems like this year we've, we've doubled down on that. We've had so many storms coming through and I mean, they're, they're calling for another two inches of rain next week, early in the week. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, so it's a it's a constant constant battle for sure. Hey, it sounds like you're on the fish. You're catching them right now, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been I've caught uh, last few trips like a, we caught a five and a four and a half the other day, and then we got blowed out. We got blowed out because the wind came up. This was like I think it was two or three days ago when the wind right before that front came in. It was okay, and then it just blew. And then, you know, I had to go up the river to try and get out of the, uh, the wind. It was just brutal. You know, problem with Lake Eufaula is when you got a south wind or a north wind, because the lake runs north-south. So if you've got a 20-mile-an-hour wind north or 20-mile-an-hour south, that's when it can be really challenging out here. And uh, it can be, it's not, you know, you got to be careful. You yeah. got to be careful. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, because they just start stacking up on each other, and then get gets pretty rough for sure. Hey, it sounds like you're you're your own fish. You're catching some good quality fish. You know, we do catch the small ones too. So I'm, you know, be honest. You know, sure. Hey, if, if, but, if, if small ones are fun too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're bowing a rod. That's the main thing. That's uh, right. You know, we we had a trip. I guess it was. About a week or so ago, we caught probably um, maybe 25, maybe. And we had some really good ones mixed in. So, I mean, it's it's a fun time. And now that the shad are spawning, you know, it, it makes it even better. Yeah, no doubt. Are the, well, the bass, how close to spawning are they there? Well, I'm, you know, the bass have been spawning. But, you know, when the bass spawn, they don't all just go up at one time. Right. So they have different waves, I think. Down south on the Georgia side, they've been spawning for, you know, over a month now. Oh, wow. And now, now they're starting to spawn up above the causeway, causeway being the bridges, what we call. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's some fish that's already spawned out and they're kind of, you know, post-spawn. So, I mean, you've got all different phases going on. That's what makes it you fun know? this time of year, right? You got, you got options. Well, I mean, you know, if you're going to fish for spawning fish, you want to use a Senko or a, a wacky rig and go down the bank if you're, you know, going uh, fishing shallow like that. You know, in the morning on a shad spawn, you need to be fishing reaction baits, you know, the swim jig, chatter bait, stuff like that. So, you know, so after the after you fish the shad spawn, slow down and, and try your, uh, you know, Senkos and Texas rigs and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it, man. You, you hit the shad spawn early when they're spawning and then, and then switch it up. Well, man, that's good stuff. Uh, if somebody, you know, I got to get a tip of the day from you, right? So, uh, Graz, if somebody was going to come up this weekend to Ufaula, 
and uh, wants to catch some fish, what would your best advice be uh, for best tip be for them this weekend? I think I think the best thing for them to do would be to get here early, get here you know right before break of dawn, and uh, what you need to do is get your boat out there because uh, as soon as you come out of Lake Point and just look for the birds, you can go up underneath the bridge there at Kawiki. They'll be on the left or the right up. And then if you want to go, you know, on out towards the river, look for the birds and get out there early, you know, and be able to, to get get the shad spawn early because they will be snapping early in the morning. Guys, I don't think we can get much better tip than that. That is a great tip. If you're going to Ufala this weekend, get there early, look for the birds because they're going to tell you where the shad are for sure. And, uh, and we know the bass are probably going to be where the shad are, right? So get there early. And, and like Gras said, you know, the reaction bait first thing in the morning, chatter bait, square bill, whatever it may be. Uh, spinner bait, you know, I didn't say that, uh, but yeah. spinner bait can be good. Spinner bait, a lipless uh, can be good. But uh, all of that stuff, swimming worm, swim jig for sure. And, I mean, the, the fish will be shallow. They'll be up there trying to. What they do is they try and sheepdog the, you know, the shad up there on the bank. So it's an easy uh, catch for them. So yep. you just got to trick them. Just figure trick out them. what they want. That's what it's all it's about, all about, man. Well, well, guys, man, thank you. We appreciate you, brother. If somebody wants to book a trip with you, uh, at Ufala, what's the best way for them to contact you so that they can book a trip, come get in the boat with you, learn a lot and catch some fish. Well, we, you know, we, we do the fishing part, but I'm going to show them about electronics or whatever. I've got hummingbird, Lawrence, and, and I, any questions they have about electronics, we certainly cover that too. But uh, they can catch me on Facebook, grazesguideservice.com uh, is the website. So I'm, I'm on Facebook and I have my own website, and that's how they can get me. My phone 706. Five nine three four one nine two, but you know you can get on the uh, website or Facebook GrazesGuideService.com, and that's uh, G R A Z S GuideService.com. Good stuff, Graz. Hey man, I appreciate you, brother. Always, uh, always appreciate a guy that will stop in the middle of his fishing trip, sitting in the boat watching watching the shad flip, <laughs> and uh, and take the time to call into the show. So we're grateful we to you, brother. Know. And uh, we appreciate we can, it. We, we can, yeah, we can uh, show you some alligators too, because alligators are out too. So my like goodness, I, big alligators. <laughs> I know you got them and you fall. I've seen them myself. Those things are monstrous down there. I All right, guys, we appreciate it, man. Brian, Get back to fishing, it, buddy. All right, buddy. Well, thank thank you. you. All right, guys, let's take a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. Fishing Chaos invites all high school and college and social fishing teams to create a free team, or club on the Fishing Chaos platform. Clubs can hold tournaments within the high school team or invite rival clubs and teams to compete in CPR, which is catch photo release events, as well as live weigh-in events, as Fishing Chaos supports most any tournament format. The addition of the new Fishing Chaos club management platform allows teams and clubs to easily communicate with their members about upcoming events. It automates the tracking of Angler of the Year or Team of the Year series standings and collects all Angler results. 
If you're interested in setting up a free team or club or in hosting a tournament on the Fishing Chaos app, please contact fishingchaos.com or call Jesse Wilson at 256-508-1853. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learn the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Photonist Defense. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, great first segment to start off with in Eufaula. And, man, uh, everybody gets excited about that shad spawn, right? So it's, uh, it's good to hear that it's cranked up down in Eufaula. That means uh, it won't be long before the, the Coosa chain and then the Tennessee chain. It won't be far behind that. But uh, we'll, we'll get several weeks of, of, of being able to talk about that, I'm sure. But... I am ready for this second segment and, uh, always one of my favorites. And, and that's hearing about these giant stripe on Lake Martin with captain David Hare, captain David, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Brian. You doing okay today? Man, I'm doing good. If I'd, I'd have been doing better today, if I could have got that turkey to gobble a little bit better this morning, but they didn't, they didn't want to act right. Uh, beautiful yep, morning, not much wind and, uh, right. They gobbled a couple of times at the crows. They, I, it was weird. They, you know, I usually in the place I'm hunting, I had four birds that gobbled in there on the ground, but they, um, they never reacted. And I talked to two more friends of mine that was turkey hunting and their birds did the same thing. They never gobbled at a call this morning. They gobbled at the crows a couple of times at the hood aisles at daylight. And that's it. They, so it may be a little early. I think it's, I think we still just a little early on it with this cool weather for the turkeys, but, uh, I love getting out there and, and chasing them, but, but Hey, let's talk about the fish, man. That's, uh, I know this is, this is a, a time of year that you get excited about, right? Oh man, that's my favorite time of year. And I say that every time the season changes, but, but I do love springtime fishing. It, it's good. It's, it's turned on now. Now I will say this has been the windiest mark that i've ever remember fishing in so every day seems a little different but we're catching fish every day and had a really good day today and yesterday and and uh you know catching some nice fish in the last in the last seven to eight days we've released uh two 30 pounders and a 25 pounder but just catching some real pretty fish for sure well that's good man those are those 30 pounders that'd be that'd be a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, it, it has, it, you, you know, I, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I don't know if I remember a, a much windier March 
than we've had this year. I think I reached out to, I was down on Lake Martin. Oh gosh, what was it, Sunday or I think it was Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, somewhere right there this past weekend. And and it was a calm day. We actually took the took a pontoon boat out and uh man the, the Lake Martin was like glass and there was nobody on it. It was really weird for Lake Martin. Yeah. But that's one of the only days that's been like that in a while. Right, right. It's a little it, well, it's a lot different this so far this spring. I haven't seen the as many crappie fishermen out as I normally do, and I I swear I believe it's because it's been so windy. I think they just you know might have came a day or two and didn't want to fight the wind because uh, like I say we're catching fish, but we've been fighting that wind every morning, you know. Yeah. But you know it's paid off. But I promise you, when the trip's over, you know you've been in the wind, or at least I do. Uh, normally in the spring i don't get that tired but but fighting this wind every day uh where yeah now this time of year are you fishing top water now or are you still fishing for the deeper fish no we're pulling live bait up on top and any day now we ought to be able to start casting some artificial to them i i had uh three or four blow up uh pretty close to the boat today if we'd been ready you know with with a red fin or a pop or or spook something like that we could have actually casted at these fish but you know it, it wasn't a whole bunch of them but just every now and then one would would come up you know but uh but we we caught plenty pulling boards uh pulling planer boards with with live bait with no weights on them and the shad and, and stuff being up on top and those stripers were just busting them you know, when we talk about the wind and we're talking about fishing on top water, when you're bass fishing, maybe you're throwing a spook or something, you kind of want a little bit of, kind of want a little bit of chop on the water or just a, you know, maybe not a oh, ton. Yeah. Do yeah. you do better on top on those when it is a little bit of something on the water or do you like yeah. a really yeah. smooth day? No, I, I like a little ripple on the water. I just don't like all that wind we've been getting, but, uh, but I do like a, a ripple on the water for sure. It's a lot better than just slick as glass out there, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, yeah. man. Some, sometimes it'll get so choppy, you know, you'll reel in just to check your bait if it's been out there for a while. And, you know, you, you might not have a bait on and you've had a hit, but it just didn't hook up. And if, and if it's like real, real choppy, Sometimes you don't know you got that hit, and so you don't know how long you ran without a bait on that hook, you know? Right. How big a bait are you using right now? Uh, been using some uh, anywhere from three to six to seven inch, sometimes eight inch shad, just whatever I, I uh, get caught up. And uh, and today it was just a variety. I mean, they didn't they didn't call anything today. They they were hitting small bait, big bait. It it didn't matter, you know. If you got it in front of them, that they would at least swirl on it. We we had some that that missed our bigger baits, but we also had a lot of hookups. We we boated fifteen this morning, which was a pretty good morning. That's a good morning. That's a good morning. Oh yeah. Because what yeah, was your sure. average? Probably average, What would be an average? Today, the fish were averaging 10 to 12 pounds. Uh, we didn't have a real big fish today. Now, 
we do think we had a real big fish that kept swirling on the bait. He just just never took it. But but we we could see we couldn't see the entire fish, but I could see it was bigger than what we were baiting. So you're tro- you're you're trolling, right? Uh, when yes, you got the live not. bait out like that? Yes, yeah, so they're running about. Uh, I I guess the average speed's about one mile an hour. You you sort of adjust to whatever. Uh, you know, whatever they're hitting at, if I if I get a hook up, one or two hook up running a one point five, I'll I'll put it on cruise at one point five. If it's below one, I'll put it on cruise at that speed, you know. How far back behind the boat is the bait normally? Uh I I run my I start out running my baits, uh, I run four boards, and I'll start out with the closest one being 14 feet and the furthest one being about 40 to 50 behind the boards. And then we put the boards way out, away from the bait. And uh, then I run my free lines about 75 to 100 feet straight behind the bait. So it's pretty good. Yeah, you got it out from yeah, and and that's what in my mind. See, I'm I'm trying to envision this behind in my mind. You know that there again, as a, as a bass fisherman, we always kind of in our mind we're we're trying to be stealthy and quiet and all that stuff. But I mean, you're fishing behind where you just ran the boat over, but you're kind of yeah, fishing it. Right. Yeah, which is which is different, right? And so you're like right, but the boat going over where those. So you're just. You see the school of fish, you drive right over the top of the school of fish and drag your bait behind it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We get excited if, if we run across the school of fish because we're not, we're not going to run them off. Those stripers, they're not as spooky as, you know, your bass and other types of fish. Those, and, uh, and those boards, you know, if I'm having trouble uh, getting them to hit, hit my uh, baits on my boards, man, I would, I would just make all kinds of different figure eights and speed up, slow down and all that and try to get a real good wake or something with those boards because those stripers succumb to, if that board's, you know, making a lot of ripple in the water, those stripers will come up and, and actually bite on the boards and eventually find that bait behind the boards. All right, now I, you you've done this before, but it's been a while, and and there's a lot of new listeners. Will you take the, just a minute and and describe this board thing? Okay, I tell people that if you've ever deep sea fished or watch deep sea fishing shows, it's a poor man outrigger. Instead of having the outriggers coming off the top of your boat like they do deep sea fishing, this is just a little piece of styrofoam that that one runs to the right and one runs to the left. And as you're pulling them, the more line that you put out, the further the board goes out to the right and the further it goes out to the left. How you make it, how, how do you make that board go left or right? That they make them to where one runs right and one runs left. Oh. And yeah, and it's and some people call them closed pins, but they're not closed pins. But they got they got a little spring attachment on the front that that your line goes in, and then then like a swivel on the back. And when that fish hits, it pops it out of that 
that uh, spring-loaded clip, and then the board stays on the line and goes goes down and hits a glass bead and a swivel for you tying your fluorocarbon leader onto your monofilament line. So the board never hits the fish in the line, I mean, in the head, and you're not, not losing your board, you're fighting the fish with that little board on it. Now, I, I run a lot smaller boards than most people do. A lot of people run great big boards. I like the small ones. Now, uh, when you say small, what what, what are we talking? we talking six inches? Uh, you know, I've never measured them, but uh, I'd say these boards are probably eight inches, eight or nine inches. And, uh, that I mean, they're just the perfect size for me, but you can get them all the way up to 36 inches, you know, and you can get them as small as what they call crappie boards, like little bitty miniature <clears throat> slinger boards. But it's a, it's a fun way, it's a fun way to fish. And if you, if you don't use live bait or something, you can actually put top water lures behind them too, just like putting a shad back there, just put your red fin back there and, and uh, and that red fin, I just set up there and wobble, and you put out several several red fins, and it's instead of casting them, you're trolling five or six red fins at one time. But when you reel it in, you're actually reeling the fish and the board in together. But that yes, board but is that, stopped that, by the that board is stopped by the glass bead by the glass bead. Yes, sir. And I know it. It sounds like you're going to have a lot of resistance with that board, but you don't. It's just the way it's cut and designed. When that when you start reeling that fishing on that board, sort of laying back, I don't know. Let's just say it lays back like a torpedo or something. In other words, it's coming through the water easy, uh-huh. uh, even if it goes even if it goes under the water, it, you still don't have a whole lot of resistance because of the board. That's awesome. I can't wait to see it because I'm going to come see it. I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting on you. you. I'm waiting on your phone call. I'm waiting on you to say, Brian, it's on. You need to come down here to Lake Mark. That's so, right. As soon right. as I get that yeah. call from you, I'm coming. I'm going to leave the turkey uh, woods, and I'm going to come get in the boat with you. Hey, you, you were talking about the, and I'm not a hunter by no means, but, but usually in March, we hear turkeys every morning where I fish in the spring. And yesterday was the first turkey we heard. And, really? And I did. I didn't actually hear it. When one of my clients, that's a turkey hunter, he heard it, and it only gobbled for just a minute. But most marches, I mean, I I hear them every morning, like like a bunch. You know, you hear it a lot. And yeah. yesterday was the first first gobble we heard was yesterday that is interesting because i would have thought you would have been hearing them all yeah, yeah you're, you're right around that lake and where you guys are fishing yeah especially yeah. the way that sound carries across that lake you, you would think right. That right there at daylight you'd be hearing turkeys gobble everywhere <clears throat> so right. i just think and it's too early i just think they're not there well, yet I, well i think april's gonna end up being our best trophy month where march sometimes or a lot of times marches are most consistent time and uh now i'm thinking it's gonna be april over into may with uh, with the real big you know 20 to 45 pound stripers because it's everything's just a little later this year yeah it is just a little later this year the, the spawn with the bass everything is it's just been a little it's just a little later 
And, uh, right. we just gotta, gotta, got, we can't, can't make it happen. You just kind of got to wait for it to happen. And yeah, when it does right. be ready, That's right, Kevin, David, if somebody was going to come, uh, try fishing this weekend on Lake Martin, what would your tip of the day be? With all the wind that we've been having, uh, you're going to have to find you some pretty clear water. And up until yesterday afternoon and this morning, uh, most of your normal places were clear, but, but, uh, but today I had to sort of hunt for clearer water, and it's it's not as much the rain as it is the wind. The wind's just got a lot of lot of your typical springtime striper spots sort of messed up. So so just don't give up. Just keep looking till you find some good clear water, and uh, and then you know get those baits out or whatever you're trolling with or casting with, and just get out there. And uh, this morning. You know, we were getting a little discouraged. We didn't have our first bite until 8.46 this morning, which is very unusual in the spring. And uh, But once it started, it started. And uh, So don't give up. Just go out there, and uh, hopefully you'll get on them early. But if you don't, the, the bite will happen sometime during the day. That's great. That's a great tip right there, Captain David. Well, hey, if somebody wants to come get in the boat with you and and have a chance at, at catching these stripes, I mean, this is something that's new to so many people. It's something that we've never done. It's not as easy as just going out there and go, hey, I'm going to go strike fishing. I mean, you can listen to the podcast and you can learn a lot, but there's nothing like seeing it in person. And uh, I know for me, uh, I, I would definitely book a trip with you and, instead of going out there and trying to figure it out on my own, especially the first few times. So what's the best way for somebody to contact you? Best way to get me is uh, uh, text me and, and or call me and leave me a voicemail. But but I'm real easy to get by text. Uh, my number is 256-401-3080. Eight nine two five six four zero one three zero eight nine, and uh, just shoot me a text or leave me a voicemail, and I'll get back with you just as soon as I can. And you can always find me on the internet, Ellis City Guide Service, Lake Martin. Good stuff, Captain David. We appreciate it, man. Y'all give him a call. Uh, I think you just heard it. April, April, maybe even into May, may turn out to be the the big fish month for the year. So. Reach out, give him a call, and I'll book a trip with him. Captain David, we appreciate it, man. Look forward to talking to you again next time. And, hey, I'm going to be waiting on that phone call. I'll be calling you. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Let's take just a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where the Hunting Exchange steps in. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way 
to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but more importantly, where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, another great segment with Captain David Hare. And, and man, I love having him on here and hear about those stripes, man. It's just something that's it's something that I still haven't done. I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I've got to do it because I'm so interested uh, not only in having an opportunity to catch a 25, 30, 35, 40 pound fish on Lake Martin, but just to see how they do it, man, experience something new. So, uh, reach out, give captain David a call. He's a good one and, uh, you'll, you'll enjoy it for sure, but let's, let's get to segment three and, and we're going to stay on the Coosa chain and, and, and talk to my buddy captain jake maddox and 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 see what he's got going on with the bass and we talked about the stripe on the coosa but let's talk about the large mouth on the coosa and the and the spots jake what's going on buddy hey what's going on man we just just trying to hear about this fishing man it's that time of the years it's uh like we talked about earlier it's it's uh constant changing right now you you got a got a lot of rain got a lot of wind got a lot of temperature changes and uh it's always interesting to me to hear how you guys adjust to that but y'all always do man it seems like and uh and we love we love hearing about it and you you guys educating us but you just got through weighing in didn't you on the tournament yes sir uh, yeah i was uh boat three today and i just got done weighing in here at lake cherokee for the second stop of bassmaster southern open good stuff man that's exciting and um man hope you hope you had a good day today and uh what'd you say you weighed in today i had uh 13 six i was in third when i weighed in but there's a lot of guys behind me and they uh they bit today so um you know there's gonna be a lot of stack weights this lake uh is notorious you know from pound two pounds is uh 30 40 spots on this lake just because of how you know much fish is in this lake and how uh you know they're all around the same size out here so you know, a big one goes a long way, and you just got to make sure that you don't have any any little ones. What are the fish doing there right now? What are you fishing with? Um, so I caught several fish on a uh, a jig, shaggy head, and then uh, I was, you know, throwing a lot of moving baits like swim bait and spinner bait also today, jerk bait. The uh, spinner bait and the jerk bait today were probably the, the biggest keys. Good deal. Good deal, man. Well, let's bring it back to Alabama. I know you've, uh, I know you're off right now and you're fishing a tournament. We wish you the best of luck in that. Well, how many more days you got? Uh, just two, just uh, one more day. Uh, originally three day tournament, uh, top 10 fish on Saturday, but yesterday we uh, were postponed. Uh, so we ended up uh, just being a two day shootout out here. Okay, good deal, man. Well, let's talk about the let's talk about the Coosa and uh chain there. I mean, we got a got a great great fishery and 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 a lot of a lot of good fishing going on right now on on the Coosa. So, kind of what's your what's what's been happening there? Uh what are the fish doing? Spawning yet? Not spawning yet? Kind of yeah, walk us uh, through it. So, 
so a little bit of everything. You've got pre-spawn, you got post-spawn, you got spawning fish. Um, you know, the thing about Alabama, where it's at, is you can find the spawn. They spawn, you know, like down the Eufaula, they'll spawn real early, you know, even January is the earliest I've seen them spawn. You know, but February, you know, for sure hard, you know, March, even April. See them in June, July on bed out there. So there's a long spawning season throughout Alabama. But right now we're in the heart of that spawn. So, you know, there's a lot of fish post-spawn, a lot of fish pre-spawn still, and there's still a lot of spawning fish. So you can really pick your poison and kind of figure out what you want to do and uh, do that. So anyone can have success doing what they like to do this time of year. Yeah, you know, the first segment today we had uh, had a guy, uh, Captain Grosh, from you and he was like yeah man i mean you know they come in waves but for the most part they're done spawning in you and you know which which is not the case i don't believe uh, on the coosa or definitely not in the and up on the tennessee yet you still got a lot of fish left to go so is that kind of how you uh, i mean this time of year kind of how do you structure your day when you head out in the morning are you you going out with the mindset of you're gonna uh, fish for I mean, spawning fish early or is, do you, you know, what kind of, how do you kind of structure it? So if I'm actually sight fishing for me, I like to, you know, power fish and run a lot of water. So that is better for me. It's better for fishing for pre-spawn or post-spawn. So a lot of times the pre and post-spawn, we use the same areas moving in and out. Um, If I'm in a tournament and I'm looking for, a uh, you know fish on bed and i want to you know sight fish for it a lot of times like i'll establish where the fish is at in practice or flow in some areas you know like still cover water but try to keep my noise down um, i don't really like to keep it more than a, like keep it under about seven on my trolling motor and just kind of you know a five or six to seven is about where i go you know where it's you're still covering water but it's not you know burning up everything you know um, just kind of looking around looking for hard places you know lily pads, dock posts, even rock, you know, that's just what those fish use to spawn um, all over the state. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. What's kind of your, when you are sight fishing uh, and you see that fish on the bed, you got some favorite go-tos as far as lures and approaches? I do. I have, um, so, you know, I will kind of see how the fish is acting and I'm not going to sit on a fish unless it's going to really help me in the tournament for more than probably I'll sit there for five minutes and kind of establish how the fish is acting. If it takes more than five minutes, then I'll see, do I need to come back later? Do I need to wait it out? Kind of see um, how it is. If it's a great old big one and she's, you know, making big laps around the bed, I feel like I can catch that fish, you know, walk on. I feel like I can catch that fish. But if they're like rubbing, actually spawning, uh, you know, it's cool. You saw it, but more than likely not going to catch that fish. So I just keep moving. Uh, I like to cover as much water as possible. So, you know, some of the, my favorite baits is like a jackal cover crawl or, uh, you know, even like a zoom speed crawl or something like that. I like something real compact. Uh, and one of my favorite things, honestly, is just throwing a drop shot. I think uh, a drop shot with a really short leader because, you know, when a bass lays its eggs, it lays it there and wants to protect the eggs. So it's almost against their, you know, their nature to go down. A bass, when he eats, he opens up his mouth and he sucks water in. That's how he, he feeds. Well, if he does that on a bed, he's going to suck in his eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to put the drop shot on because it stays above the bottom a little bit. Um, and it just, it seems like I'm able to catch him a lot quicker when it's actually not on the bottom. So something like a Tokyo rig also is, is great for that. But, you know, I still will, you know, pitch in there with a Texas rig and kind of bump it a couple of times, just depending on how the fish is acting. Yeah, <clears throat> Man, that's good stuff. Uh, it's 
you know, just to bring up how, you know, you see how the fish is acting, whether it's actual actual spawning sitting on the bed or whether it's making laps around the bed. That's very good advice right there on just identifying, you know, how active is this fish going to be and how likely he's going to be to, to bite. Like you said, in a tournament, you're kind of weighing out, you know, how big is that fish? How much time do I want to spend on him? Or do I just want to keep on going down the bite, come back to him later? and uh, go try to pick mm-hmm. up some more fish because time's so valuable in, in, in those tournaments like that. Right. Yeah, if, uh, if a fish can't see you and you know where he's at, so if you go in and mark where he's at on, you know, on your GPS or even, like, you know, throw, like, a little marker buoy or something, you know, or tie a rope to, you know, you know, stock of grass or something, you know where it's at, and you just keep making repetitive flips at it, you know, or cast at it from a really long distance. A lot of times they're more willing to bite when you're further away from them also. So sometimes – even when I'm bed fishing, I may not be actually seeing the fish a lot of the times. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, when you're not fishing the, uh, this time of year, when you're not fishing a, for, for, for fish on the bed, what's, what's your tactic? Uh, so I really like, throw, I really like to throw a, uh, top water also this time of year. It seems like the pre-spawns and, you know, cause we're in the time of year where, you know, you still got a lot of pre-spawners, but it's starting to get warm and they're willing to come up and eat the top water. And I feel like there's no better, you know, traditional and excluding like a big swim bait or something for catching a big fish on you know anywhere in alabama especially but just a top water in general get gets really big bites um so i really like to throw top water for pre and post and when they all get post on you can't beat the top water um i also throw a jerk bait a good bit you know i'm a big jerk bait fan like to cover water that kind of stuff but they'll stay shallow for a couple of days um before they you know get done and a lot of times those fish will even stay shallow um, and wait for the brim to spawn and they'll be, you know, shallow, you know, for several weeks. And some of them stay there all summer feeding on those brim. Heck yeah, man. And, and I mean, there's, there's not a funner way to fish to me than throwing that, throwing that top water this time of year and throwing that spook and zero spook or whatever it may be that you're fishing with. Is that, is that one of your, is, is that, what's some of your favorite top waters? Yeah. So, uh, there's actually a new, new one. It's a Shimano, uh, called a uh what do we call it I forget, it's a brand new pop bar it's called a uh, world pop and so the reason i don't know it yet is because it just came out as bass classic so um i've just been playing with those it's a it's a pop bar you can walk really you know really easy and stuff it actually has a it's got a mirror in a pendulum um so whenever like the bait moves it'll sit there and shake and shimmy so like even if you're slow the bait down and want to pause it even if like say you've got a fish on bed or something you know and you're throwing the pop bar you know that the fish is there that thing will sit there and shake. So it's like secondary action. It's a really cool deal that, that Shimano's come out with. But like that, I like his R spook. I like, you know, Evergreen Shower Blow. Uh, those are some of my, my probably my top three baits right now that I'm that I'm using. Man, that's – what about color? You got a color preference? Uh, so I, I, yeah, so I, I usually go with something like a bluegill or something like a like a white that imitates a shad, you know. Also, you know, Speaking of like the, the forage spawn, you know, you also have a, a shad spawn, you got a herring spawn. So, you know, those fish want to feed back up after they, they're done spawning and they also want to feed up before they go up to make the beds, you know. So I usually like to stay on that um, that shad color, more pre-spawn, and then I'll determine the area I'm fishing. If I've seen a lot of brim, I'll tie brim color on. If it's just I'm going down the bank, you know, assuming they're eating shad, I'll tie a white one on. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um what about line when you're fishing top water and I guess line and pole, you know, a lot of times with, uh, in, in the past, I've noticed that, you know, you, you kind of, 
man, I went last year. I was fishing over with, with Norman with Southeastern Pond Management. I was fishing in his lake and I was fishing uh-huh. a, a spook. And man, I, it was like I was getting hit. I mean, the whole way, I mean, just, just one after the other after uh-huh. the other. But they were, I don't know if they were just short hitting it or you, you almost had to let them take it before you set the hook. Right. Is, is there uh-huh. an advantage to having, I mean, do you still, are you using like medium heavy action rod no, or? I, I, the rod I use is a Shimano X Pride. It's a 7.2 medium light uh, casting rod. So they also have, that's the X Pride version. They also have a similar version in a, the Zodius lineup called a BFS, which stands for bait finesse system. Basically what it is, it's, it's a par- very parabolic rod, um, but it still has enough backbone to be able to work the bait. And I throw that on either 50 or 30 pound braid. And I will tie a leader depending on um, how the action of the bait is. So if I'm throwing something like a prop bait, um, sometimes I'll even, you know, tie like a short, you know, 10 inch leader just so that my hooks don't get wrapped up in that braid. You know, most of the time I'm using mono. Sometimes I'll tie a fluorocarbon leader. You know, you always heard people, you know, don't use a fluorocarbon for your top water, but sometimes it has just a little bit different action because it keeps the bait down in the water column, you know, sit further down in the water. So sometimes you can just play around and kind of figure out what you like, but you know, that monitor is really stretchy. So that's what I tend to go with, you know, probably 90% of the time. Well, if I'm going to tie leader, it's going to be with mono 90% of the time. But other than that, I usually just use straight braids, straight 30 pound braid. With no stretch to it. But no, to it just because I'm using a more parabolic rod. Because I was going to say, is that because is you're using the braid because of the rod you're using? Yeah, so that the rod allows the, you know me to work the bait really well and cast it really far. But it also, I can work it, still work it fast and not stop it when one blows up on it. And then you know, you know, if he misses it, one of his buddies or he's going to come back for it. You know, I'm always working it pretty quick most of the time, um, trying to get that reaction bite or that you know that feeding mode mindset kind of get one to to buy it so that's usually what i do is um uh, and with the braid also you're able to like water ski fish you know one blows up you can get you know get leverage on them and just get them on top of the water and get him coming to the boat and you can swing them in heck yeah and and also you, you if, the other question i was going to ask you about top water and and how you fish like a especially like when we're talking about a spook in particularly or or, or pop or either one but cadence i mean are you are you like popping three or four times and stopping to a three time stopping or are you just boom 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 all the way uh i really let the fish kind of tell me most of the time i like to move really quick so i'm working as fast as i can and, and especially like on those blueback herring lakes so like your smiths your martins your lanier's that, that kind of stuff I, i'll work it really fast but you know sometimes you know it's good to slow down a little bit you know like let it do a full stride one way and then you know right back again you know medium cadence uh um i'll slow down a little bit with a pawpaw especially if i know that there's like uh spawning fish in the area i'll let it sit a little bit longer but i usually like to work the bait pretty quick yeah but depends on the day and kind of what the fish uh will tell you yeah that's right they'll let you know that's good stuff man <clears throat> so uh it is fishing's pretty good on on the coaster right now there people catching a lot it is i've uh you know I, i've seen some weights in some tournaments it seems like it's been you know kicking out you know a lot of big ones and a lot of numbers. It seems like everyone's having a lot of fun out there. Um, one of my other favorite baits, just want to say, just mention it for the spawn also. Spawn, pre-spawn, um, post-spawn. It's just a marsalate or bubblegum white or yellow just floating worm. And I'll just throw that either on a spinning rod 
or a bait caster with 10 or, or with 12 or 15 pound line and i'll just literally just twitch it on top of the water and you know get some reaction bites you know they just i just don't think they like that color very much and they they eat it for sure they just don't like it so they eat it i, I like that don't that's like good stuff that's good stuff man well hey uh somebody's gonna come wants to catch some bass on on the coosa whether it's martin logan lay any of that you know what would your tip of the day be for somebody coming fishing this weekend you know during the spawn i'd like to you know move around a lot and then establish the area where you feel like the fish are spawning and then i'd really slow down and be quiet in those areas um stealth is key it's almost like like sight fishing or bed fishing in general it's almost like hunting you got to be you know quiet you got to sneak up on them you got to use um the stuff in the area as to your advantage you know may it be a dock or a lay down or something you know use that to kind of hide your boat while you're making the flips at the fish you know that's that's what i would what i would say well one additional question i've got with with spawning fish is if you're going out you want to look for these spawning fish i mean let's just take logan for example i mean logan has uh depending where you are on the lake you've got some that it goes it gets deep really quick and then you've got others that it takes a little, you know, it goes on out gradually before it drops off. What are you looking for? What, what area of the lake, what do you want to see? Where are you going to look for these fish? You've got some areas where the bank gradually comes out and gradually gets deeper. And you've got some, it gets deep really quick. Which bank are you looking for? So it, it, it just depends. I think uh, first, when they first start spawning, I'll look for our south facing pockets north banks those north banks are going to be protected from that north northwest wind you know the most because that's the that's the cold when you get a cold front that's usually the, the direction that blows that's where like early you know late february early march that's the kind of places i look is those areas um when it gets into the you know throughout the lake and you know it may be a main lake pocket it may be something you know you know way back in a creek and not you know, it just depends on the water temp. I'd usually like to just kind of see what the water temp is. And when you think about like bass fishing, there's really no set rules in bass fishing. So what I tell you, you know, you can, you can look for them. I'm not saying you can't catch a fish on the main lake spawning. Cause I definitely have actually, you know, caught some of my fish this week, uh, Cherokee on the main lake spawning, but it just depends. And you just kind of see where these fish are, where they're at. And, um, I just like to cover a lot of water and kind of see it's every pocket's different. I mean, there's pockets that always have early spawners and the water temperature is actually colder in there. It just, it's a pocket this they like. It's, I like Martin, especially like there's a pocket I went in the other day. There's, you know, already spawning late February and the rest of the, you know, it's still like 55, you know, but the rest of the lake, you know, is one, it just, they like that, that pocket. So, the main thing is just spend a lot of time in the water and kind of experiment with different parts of the lake until you kind of see a pattern going down and then um, really just run that pattern. That's good stuff, man. Good advice, brother. Well, hey, man, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, uh, come get in the boat, learn how you're doing all this stuff, man, and how you catch fish, uh, they would not be disappointed. And I know y'all know you're going to put people on fish. So what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Uh, DM me at BassinBrosGuideService.com or or uh, or message me through uh, at my number is two zero five four five one two eight nine five. Good deal. All right, you get guys. Give Jake a call. He uh, he sure knows what he's doing on the Coosa down there for sure. He knows what he's doing all over the country. 
but uh, but he knows that that Coosa chain very well. So if you want to go to one of those lakes, don't hesitate to give Jake a call. Jake, man, good luck to you the rest of the time up there. Be safe getting back to Alabama, Thanks, brother. Rob. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm I'm uh, gone until May 9th, I believe. Good so, gracious. On a while, so yes, sir. So man, but, good luck uh, to I you. Keep us posted. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Thank, Thank you, man. We appreciate you. Be safe out there and catch them. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys. Let's take just a couple more minutes. we got a few more sponsors to hear from. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by Killer Doc. Today, we're going to profile another common form of doc dysfunction, dirty doc. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty doc as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer dock fish cleaning stations are marine grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at killerdock.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. One another good show it was. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it's springtime in Alabama. That's about all we can say about that. It's, 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 uh, weather's constantly changing and some fish are through spawning. Uh, some are pre spawning and, and, and some have already spawned. It sounds like we got some lakes have the shad, the shad spawn going and, and some, it hasn't happened yet. So it's just a, man, it's a puzzle that's constantly changing. Right. And, uh, that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes this time of year, such a great time to go on the lake. That is going to be a wrap for the show today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute, subscribe, rate, and write us a review wherever you'd listen and if you'd like us to email you the podcast hey we'd love to do that guys all you have to do is text the word fishing text the word fishing to 314-665-1767 and we will email you the show when they come out each and every week and you can listen to it on the way to your favorite lake stay safe out there guys look forward to talking to y'all again soon This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and give Norman a call. And brought to you by... L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And by United Bank. United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. 
United Bank is building stronger communities every day. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And brought to you by... North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. And brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services and now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588.